Hey everybody, welcome to Cannabis and Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck. We are here with Gaynell Rogers from Treehouse Global Ventures uh, here at New West Summit 5. I think this is the fifth. Um, and we're gonna discuss a little bit about private equity. Great. Nice, welcome. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. What, um, so, so what are you doing here? What are you at the New West Summit for? Well, I am a, a, an early adopter, as they say. Mm -hmm. Started with um, Harborside in 2009 and Steve D'Angelo doing personal branding management and also the book TV film deal um, and also growing the Harborside brand. So I got lucky early. I came from the film and music industry and uh, for decades. And wow. so I'd had enough of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was a wonderful career. And I learned a lot about traditional marketing, innovation, uh, protecting IP, and how to do the real traditional branding to consumers. The film industry in particular had data that you could look at that was what the 12 year old ate, drank, wore, watched, saw. And so our, our decisions were really based on healthy, saturated analytics, of which we are getting some here in the cannabis industry now. Yeah. But when Jim McAlpine first formed New West Summit five years ago, I was on, I was on that, um, uh, that, the team that brought New West Summit. And the idea was to bring tech, media, and innovation into the cannabis space. Because five years ago, it really wasn't there. But we've seen a wonderful growth of tech platforms and innovation in the space that um, because we, we've had some, some breaches and some security issues in, right. in the industry, and we had to pay attention. And just a little backstory about my experience is that um, I, I was raised by a NASA scientist. I was raised in the space program in Florida. And so I kind of have, I, I, but I was born in New Orleans, so I have that arts and culture New Orleans yeah, side, yeah. and I've got that science nerd for that's, a dad. That's steam, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's a nice segue. So when Jim came to me, we had already launched the 420 games together, uh -huh. and then he said, I want to do this summit, and nobody's doing this particular conversation. Right. Small, innovative people that are coming in from all these tech spaces, yeah. and they're just looking to see what that pick and shovel is that they need to build. And so that's when things like MJ Freeway came on the scene, which was one of the first platforms that I saw that first pitch at ArcView when there was only 12 people in the room that, and that was 2012. It's grown quite a bit. Yes, and yeah. we, we landed our first Fortune Magazine cover in 2010 and then 2013. So we knew that the financial people were coming along, but the, but the tech and innovation wasn't coming along with it because there wasn't capitalization for, uh. for that space. Everyone was about retail and dispensaries mm -hmm. and cultivation and extraction, but no one was paying attention to the picks and shovels, as we say, as Mark Twain said. Yeah. So it, it, Why it, do you think that was? Why I, would that be the last thing to come along? You know? Well, I think, first of all, it was all medical, compassionate cannabis. Mm. A lot of the consumers, including myself, you know, came as patients sure. and it was more about treating our, our illnesses and diseases and or, you know, changing the stigma of cannabis as Steve D'Angelo did so well with mm -hmm. messaging 
um, we're great partners in this and saying this is a wellness plan. This is a lifestyle choice. So we were more about breaking stigmas than looking at what do we need to support this growing industry. Right. Then we developed ArcView Group to 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 develop private capital and, and private equity to come into the space because we knew we weren't going to get financial institutions on board for a long time. Yeah. So this was, we're talking 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Way ahead of the curve. You're way ahead of the curve. So we were a little bit shooting by the hip, but patience came first then. Mm -hmm. We were like, wow, California, you passed this law 215 in 1997. And then when Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska passed adult use, then we thought, whoa, the horse is really going out of the barn here. We better get some technology. And that's when Jessica Billingsley and Amy Poinsett came along with MJ Freeway. And then New Frontiers and BDS Analytics stepped into the space around the team, maybe 12, 13, 14, around there. And we started to get some analytics that we could look at with really good decisions. Yeah. And um, it was uh, it was a a growing opportunity for us to see what we needed. We really couldn't see it yet because we were so, everyone was so fearful of compliance. Right. You know, the states was coming down on us hard. The DOJ was coming down on us. The IRS was coming down on us. There's a lot of moving parts. There was so many moving parts. And so, you know, we, meaning Harborside, Steve and I and the team, uh, the legal team, I mean, we were in court with, we were in federal court with the IRS. We were in federal court with the DOJ. This took, Massive amounts of energy, time, and money to fight the federal government like that at the time. This was 2012, 2013, 2014, around there. So once all that kind of settled down, then we then we saw, oh my goodness, you know, we need better platforms, we need better security, yeah. and we need better data to make decisions, or else this is not going to work. We need to treat this as a traditional commodity, an industry that has a lot of kinship to the rock and roll of Silicon Valley in the early 90s, you yeah. know, and that's that started to to, to slide. And um, actually that, you know, started in the late 70s and then did well all the way till the late 90s until the recession hit. But it's it's been a ride. It's been like my, you know, that Maxell commercial where your hair's blown yeah. in the wind. Yeah. Kind of feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy because nowadays, I mean, you know, you know you've heard all the, the sayings, you know, data's the new oil and stuff like that. It, it really is like, you know, if all these mainstream companies are diving in with data and using it to make decisions and everything like that, then we have to. But I have to say something that's going to be very unpopular. Yeah. The leadership teams don't know how to read it. Right. And they don't know how to implement it. Right. In my view. So that's like. like Not every leadership team, but a lot of these young entrepreneurs and startups, even people with stakes in the ground mm -hmm. and looking to scale. Yeah. They are not used to reading data every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. and going, look at this consumer conversation. This is a consumer driven product, uh -huh. whether it's for your lifestyle, your fun, your patient. You're treating your family's, you know, caregiving a parent with right. Alzheimer's or dementia, whatever dog, it is. Whatever. It is a consumer-driven industry. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break of this week's episode of Cannabis and Tech Talks. And we'd like to remind you that this episode is brought to you by PolyScience Temperature Control Solutions. PolyScience has been making temperature control super cool for over 50 years. 
it also on the other side, the, the business owners, they need this, uh, this data, yes. you know, and that's where um, we had a panel uh, last week talking about artificial intelligence. And if you don't have that data going in there, then you can't utilize the artificial intelligence, but all the businesses should be using that to, right. in some way, shape or form, because otherwise you can't aggregate all the data and, and make the decisions. That's correct. So that's why companies that are coming from, like I mentioned, easy green compliance, uh -huh. coming from medical, pharmaceutical, data security in the HIPAA compliant, HIPAA compliant, which is coming. Mm -hmm. That's a very important pivot for us. These the physicians that formed his original platform for the medical pharmaceutical industries now pivoted that platform to the cannabis industry. It has so many features that we've needed in the past, but the development of the back end was really expensive. And so I think that's one of the holdbacks is that uh, I've, I've met a couple of new technology people yeah. here today and they are like, all I need is like $250,000 to get to the, I'm like right there at the end of this platform and I just need this amount of money to, to finish, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm working on this for two and a half years or whatever. And that's true with technology. The, those programmers, um, the people that are actually coding the AI now, mm -hmm. my, my, my son um, is one of those programmers for e-virtual learning backends for very large companies. It takes a tremendous amount of resources and people use that word a lot. Yeah. I'm talking about real money yes. to develop innovation and patience. Because when we were talking on the investment panel this morning about, you know, all these over performers and over projections and over evaluations and the, you know, God bless some Canadians were coming in with all this money and acquiring all these companies. Wild, wild what was what were they acquiring? Did they even know what they were acquiring? And mm -hmm. now we have this market disruption. Hold on, people. It's going to happen. But this is what happens in a nascent industry. And this particular industry has so much stigma that find the real people with real money in the world, the real venture capitalists, the family offices, the people that are managing billions of dollars of personal wealth around the globe are watching. We know that for a fact. So we just have to go down that narrow path of innovation and tech, I believe, yeah. to support the industry. And everyone thinks that there's, you know, all these platforms and all, you know, uh, New Frontier and BDS. And yeah, they're doing a great job, but they're relatively very new into the space, less yeah. than five years. You know, Nielsen and SoundScan were 50 years of experience, yeah. you know? Right, right. <laughs> I also think that when these businesses are trying to, uh, you know, come out and establish, you know, their position in the marketplace and grab their market share and they're coming out and doing all this, they have a limited amount of money on the back end. And for them, you know, they're putting it all towards what they think is the most important thing. But a lot of times what gets cut out is cybersecurity. You know, right. what gets cut out is like you were saying, you know, you know, the data, the things like that. They're just like, ah, it's not that important right now. And I think as it gets more competitive and as more big industries come in and as more deregulation happens, if you don't have those bases covered and if you don't have in your team people with executional skills, business executional skills, it's going to get tough out there. It will. And that's why the herd will get thin. The herd will get thin, but the herd that's coming in mm -hmm. that we see people from Altria, people from Estelotter, people from Aveda, yeah. you know, people from real huge companies who I just saw Arizona teas uh, Arizona is, is teas coming in with a THC constellation beverage. we know who yeah, all they are yeah, who all yeah. they are 
but they're coming in with a toolkit of scale and seasoned experience in corporate cultures that we're too young to have yet. Right. And so I welcome them to say, oh, don't, don't talk to that guy. He was with that tobacco company. He said, oh, no, we need them. Mm -hmm. They know how to scale. They know how to regulate. They're a highly regulated industry. They know how to talk politics. We need people from the tobacco industry and the alcohol industry and to scale, yeah. to teach us how to scale with that kind of co corporate culture training because we don't have that big conglomerate of companies yet. Sure. So I welcome that talent and I think they're very brave to leave those those corporate cultures and come and join us. Well, this is fascinating. Okay, I got one last question for you. So media, what role does media play in all of this? Because you're right, this is a very unique, you know, here at New West, this is a unique kind of mixture it is. of tech and media. It reminds me a little bit of Kind of like collision, mm -hmm. um, you know, over on the uh, the mainstream tech side or whatever. What role do you think, or how important is media with this whole mix? I think it's very important, and I think the way that we, and so just to backstep, so my specialty is media relations, national and international. We probably had over 175 crews in and out of Harborside uh, in this country. Yeah. and at least 30 to 50 that were international crews in the 10 years I was at Harborside. Fortune Magazine, first time. New York Times, first cover story. Weed Wars, first TV show, Discovery Channel 2010. It had a huge effect on Harborside. We, we, 60 we, Minutes, were they there? We, we, did, a, we, no, we did a PBS NewsHour, okay. okay. uh, and we did every network news show, s multiple times, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> And yes, did it help, uh, you know, Steve D'Angelo's visibility and message, you bet. Did mm -hmm. it help Harborside? But this was, a, you know, in, in a 10-year period of time, a build of messaging, messaging that we created with a team of people strategically. It's really You smart. can't, just because you're, so we were first in a lot of areas. Yes. So that's why we did so well in the media. So now when I consult young companies, like, oh, we want to... Do what you did for Harborside or do what you did for Arcview or blah, blah, do what you did for Steve Hill or whatever. And I said, it's a different time. People aren't looking at news like they did before. And you have to pick your moment for your message. And it has to be the perfect writer, the perfect producer, and the perfect outlet. Because you only get one shot and you'll have a 15-second window to pitch it. And that's all we had. Because when I first started, no one would talk to me, frankly. Wow. They were like, you're crazy. You came from film. Well, you, you know what it's like. We're all saturated. I said, no, this is a moment in history you need to pay attention to. Yeah. This is like having a camera on Seagram's when Prohibition of Alcohol stopped. And they were like, oh, now I get it. So, so it, it, But it was true. Yeah. And so now the analogy is in, in innovation and tech is look look what happened. I'm reading this fabulous book called Alpha Girls, which is the story of women in the Silicon Valley from about 1977 through the mid 2000s, and the mistakes they made in innovation, asking for equity, pay gender equity, all those things that we know that happened in the Silicon Valley. Well, part of Treehouse Global Ventures' mission, the reason why we made this fund, focused on women-led and minority-led and people of color-led companies because those people are traditionally, traditionally left behind in capital resources. So we struck a chord actually, and I think people understand that we wanna have diversity in this industry. We, we wanna have equity in this industry. Mm -hmm. We wanna have 
all those people that are arrested, all those people of color that were arrested to have an equal chance to get into this nascent industry. And it's going to take a lot of traditional roll up your sleeves work. Yeah. And we can't do it without technology or innovation. There's no way. Wow. I couldn't have, uh, I mean, couldn't have ended on a better <laughs> note right there. It has absolutely been a pleasure. Oh, um, thank let, you. Let the audience know uh, just where they can uh, you know, find out more about oh, you or you. get in touch with you. Thank you. Uh, you can see me on LinkedIn, uh, Gaynell Rogers, and it's G-A-Y-N-E-L-L and Rogers without a D. And treehouseglobalventures.com. All our information is there about our fund. We are in an active race. We welcome new investors. We're on our way. It's We've got a tremendous amount of support. But read the Forbes article on our website. It'll give you all of our backstories. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We You're really welcome. appreciate your time. You're welcome. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Cannabis and Tech Talks. And if you like this podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. And don't forget... Um, make sure you check out our award-winning magazine. You can find it at any Barnes & Noble um, and on-site at most of your favorite cannabis events. And uh, don't forget to follow us on social media so you can stay in the conversation and visit our website, canatechtoday.com.